Lifestyles, a show designed to help everyday Australians create a lifestyle that inspires them using property development strategies. On the show, you'll hear from everyday people changing their lives doing property development. You'll learn from their successes as well as some of the challenges they faced along the way. We'll also talk to experts from a range of fields who share specialised techniques you can use to accelerate your property journey. I'm your host, Amanda McEwen, and I'm a founder of Rising Star Developer, and I'm really passionate about helping everyday Australians build lifestyles using property development. Welcome everyone. Today I'm super excited to talk to Adrian. So Adrian's one of our Rising Star Inner Circle students who's been inside the community now for over 12 months. Um, but Adrian's also a builder from Brisbane. So I wanted to interview him so that he can share his experiences on both sides of the fence, being a developer and a builder. Um, and Adrian's also in the process of doing a number of these sort of podcasts and sessions, uh, focusing very much on building and the mental health side of this, this industry as well, which I think is really, really relevant given the challenges that we're facing um, in this industry, both building construction as developers. So we'll touch on that as we go through. But um, thanks, Adrian. Thanks so much for agreeing to uh, be part of today's session. Pleasure. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks. Awesome. So let's start by just sharing with uh, everyone what prompted you to join the Rising Star in the Circle in the first place? Um, look, I, I think... If you're in this industry and you're not uh, continuously trying to learn, um, then you shouldn't be in this industry. It's, it's all about trying to grab as much information as possible from every single avenue you can. And, and that's what led me to you. Um, I had seen you speak uh, through another um, development um, company and uh, I really liked the way you spoke and all that. And so when, when you put this together, I was like, yeah, well, yeah. Um, I, I really like someone who has come not from a development background or a building background, but um, someone like yourself who, who was an ordinary mum and dad and, and made it work. And, and um, look, if you can do it and every one of your students can do it, then anyone can do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I so agree with you, Adrian. Uh, you know, I, I'm always also constantly learning and there's, there's, there's so much. As soon as you think you know everything, that's when you're in trouble, I think. And, yeah. and it, there's always, even when I still educate myself in property, in business, in um, personal development, and I think even just by learning one new thing from whoever you get exposed to that can take you up the next level, it's been worth your time and your investment as well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I find sometimes you um, you just find that little missing link. You've got a whole heap of little links of a chain and then you do one thing and it just combines those links. Yeah, yeah, yeah so does. Absolutely. So if you can just share with us, um, you know, you've been in the community now for 12 months. How has your yep. experience been as part of the inner circle and how has it helped you make progress towards your property and your lifestyle goals? All right. Um as, as far as uh, how, how my experience has been, it's been awesome. Um, being able to converse with uh, like-minded individuals has been unreal. Um, have not been able to do a single thing. So I've been watching on the sidelines with a hint of jealousy. Um, <laughs> and that is mainly because we joined um, right at the start of COVID and in the building industry, um, the, the, yeah, COVID just threw so many curveballs that... Um, every builder I know has just been, you know, really trying to navigate the, the waters that, you know, that the ever-changing waters within the industry. So have not been able to put 
any effort towards uh, development other than keeping an eye on um, little pockets around my area that um, you know, could come up soon. Yeah, absolutely. But even just being exposed to hearing what other people are doing, and I certainly know that inside the community you've been sharing your your experiences on the front line in the building, um, but being able to see what other people are doing as well. And, and uh, it's almost like you don't know what you don't know. When you start hearing what other people are doing, it's like, okay, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Look, it's, it's you know, our process in our company um, and in the industry as a whole for us is all about collaboration. The more we collaborate with every stakeholder, whether it be, yeah, you know, I mean, the primary stakeholder, the, um, the investor or, or the, the homeowner, um, your architects, engineers, the builder, everybody has to come together and work together for the benefit of, of the project. Yeah. Um, so as long as you've got that collaborative mindset, I think, yeah, you're going to do well. Yeah, absolutely. So as we all, all know, the last 18 months have been a, a roller coaster ride for the building industry, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has. And if you think about, um, if you think, I, I sort of reflect quite often on what's happened in, even prior to COVID hit, but when COVID hit, I guess it's been more than 18 months now, it's 24, yeah. 24 months now, um, you know, we think about what happened when, when COVID hit and then it forced us all to really look at the way we were doing our businesses because there was so much uncertainty. Uh, we didn't know if the market was going to tank. We didn't know what was happening in the world. It was a really uncertain time for everybody, um, especially, you know, when you're in business. Uh, and then, of course, we then had the market suddenly going up, which is like the market dynamics is sort of puzzling, you're scratching your head going, hang on a second, we're in COVID, people are locked down and there's a, there's a boom happening and then the government suddenly releases this national home building grant and it's like putting petrol on a fire, it just exploded yeah. everything even more. Um, so it's, uh, you know, they created the property boom as well. Uh, and it's been fascinating being in the industry, but also just reflecting and going, okay, why is this happening? What's mm. and what's the bigger picture here? Because you hear, you can hear, okay, yes, there's been the building grant and this building boom and property prices are skyrocketing, but there's also been the dark side of that as well. That I think us that are in the trenches have really been seeing and feeling. Um, and there has been talk around the. The, the materials and labour shortages. Um, and as a builder, I've been working very closely with my builders as well to really understand the pressures that they're facing because I've had projects that are in the ground and, and they've been taking longer because of supply and things that are outside of the control of the builder. Uh, prices have been going up. And, and fortunately, from a developer perspective, we've had the upside of the sell price that's, that's helped weather that. But as a builder, you guys run on such tight margins anyway and I think um, there's been a lot of exposure to a lot of builders and we're seeing the effects of that now with um, some builders not surviving because of uh, fixed price contracts and perhaps developers and um, not just developers but home, home uh, mums and dad builders not quite understanding and appreciating the pressures that you've been under so I'd love you to share your experience on the front line as well for the benefit of everybody else. For sure, for sure. Look, you, you've hit the nail on the head, Amanda. Um, yeah, we, we are using fixed price contracts and none of the uh, respective governments have done anything to uh, weather that storm. So it's, it's been left largely up to each individual builder on their own to try and navigate the uncertainty that, that they're faced with. And 
to, to try and do it in a legal framework is, is very, very difficult. So uh, I know personally, you know, I'm, I'm, I've just shelled out another 10 grand to get a, a construction lawyer to have another look at our special conditions in our contracts to make sure that, yeah, we're covered, but also make sure that it's fair on the homeowners and, you know, um, the investors. So um, it has been very difficult uh, to navigate the, you know, the, the last two years. Um, and, and you did hit something, you know, you, you're seeing builders starting to go under now. Um, unfortunately, the news is going to get a whole heap worse over the next six to 12 months. Uh, a friend of mine, Ross Stephen, who owns um, Australian Professional Builders, he's got the ear of around about 6,500 builders nationwide. Mm-hmm. Um, based on what he's discovered so far, he estimates that up to 50% of Australian builders will, won't be around in 12 months' time. Wow, that's, that's staggering, isn't it? That's a huge number, yeah. And um, can we talk around why that is the case? What's the, what's the main driver for that? Um, it, it's, it is a fixed price contract. So um, we really, as builders, we don't have uh, enough leeway within those contracts to be able to navigate those price rises. So you, you mentioned before, a lot of builders uh, work on a very uh, tight yeah. margin. Um, and you know, it goes one step further. A lot of builders don't understand the difference between a markup and a margin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the first, that's a first hurdle right there. Yeah, they're already doing you know, four or five percent on their on their margin straight away. When you know, you say you use a 20% markup, you're at you know, 16% margin, and then your material prices start rising and you cannot pass those costs on. Um, a lot of builders find with the first or second price rise, they're already behind the eight ball. So they're already paying for the privilege of working on that project. Mm. Um, and and I, I think the builders that are sitting in that tender market, you know, where you go out to three tenders and things like that, they're the ones that are probably more exposed than builders such as myself who take our clients from the very beginning and work with them through to the end. Yeah. Yeah, and I think another thing that um, a lot of people probably don't appreciate, you've got the cost side of things and as a builder when you've got a fixed price contract um, you need to be able to manage that but then also there's the insurance side of things that a lot of people don't understand so um, for the benefit of everyone listening uh, builders have to have uh, or perhaps you can even talk more about the insurance side of that and impact and the impact of how that's affecting your ability to turn over projects too. For sure. So um, all builders have to turn over and have a certain amount of money or profit um, and, and assets to enable them to continue building. Now, every builder in Australia got caught out with uh, COVID and it impacted their bottom line, it impacted their asset base. So yeah, I, I know ourselves, um, we had to wipe out a whole heap of things to keep projects running because we had to fund it. Mm-hmm. Um now, when we try to get insurance, our insurance uh, covers a lot less projects because we don't have the asset base to cover enough to build. So already, you know, a lot of builders are finding that, you know, that they might have been turning over 10 or 15, 20 million. Now they can only turn over four or five mm-hmm. and they've still got the same overheads. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've, you know, it, it really starts getting really tight. And that's, I think, why you're starting to see a lot of the volume builders um, really starting to struggle now because although they had the margins there and they had the assets, 
because they can't turn over as many projects now, it's really eating into their bottom line, that the overheads are eating into their bottom lines. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you raise a really good point there because say, for example, if a builder has a $5 million insurance and for the benefit of everyone here, what that means is that builders can only take on $5 million worth of work. So if you're doing, um, you know, say a project worth a million dollars, five projects worth a million dollars or 10 projects worth half a million dollars, um, in the past, builders would be able to have a good understanding of how many projects they could do to stay within that cap. And it yep. may be that a single story might take them, for example, six months, a two story might take 10 months or 12 months, depending on the style of the complexity of it. So then um, builders are forecasting their work based on their timeframes that they're used to. But then, of course, with the change of supply and the cost, what that's meant is instead of a project taking six months, it's now taking nine months or 10 months or even you know 12 months. But then they've still got that same insurance cap, so they can't turn over their projects as much. So it's like a double whammy. You've got builders that can't turn over their projects quicker because of constraints in supply, adding that time to their projects, but also this insurance cap. So it just means that that's really squeezing a lot of their business as well. So I think it's really important to be able to share that with the broader community, just so that when you're working with your builder, whether it's you're building your own home or you know, doing a development, it's really important to understand the dynamics of each other's business because then you can then be more, more compassionate and, and work for a mutual outcome rather than thinking, okay, I'm the developer, you're the builder, you've just got to build my home within six months at this price here and anything that always happens to you, you've just got to deal with it. Yeah. That's not business. It's, um, it's not. And, and look, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, if, if you don't collaborate with your builder, the repercussions for you as a homeowner could be absolutely devastating. Um, if, if you're in a situation where your builder does end up hitting the wall and, and going under, you may think, okay, I'll just get another builder. It doesn't happen that way, right? First of all, you've got in the best times, you've got 12 to 18 months to get through the paperwork. That's in the best times. These aren't the best times, right? With a lot of builders going under, that could stretch out to 24 months just to get through the paperwork to allow yourself to then look for another builder to finish your project. And that builder is going to be charging you at those new rates in two years' time. Mm. So, um, yeah, one bit of advice I can give to people out there right now is open communication with your builder. Find out how you can work together. Yeah. Um, don't butt heads. It's, it's not going to serve you any good. It's not going to serve the builder any good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, in reality... That advice should be no different today as it was years ago. I think just the economic climate right now has just brought the importance of that to the forefront. And I certainly know that when I'm educating all of the students inside the Inner Circle, one of the first things we cover is about the A-team and making sure that you're choosing the right A-team and everything has got to be win-win because nothing um, upsets me more than when I hear and see of is getting slammed and other people getting slammed. It's like, guys, you know what? We're business here and everything should be win-win and there's enough margin within a development if you're doing your numbers correctly to make sure that everyone gets a piece of the pie. And relationships are so important because regardless of whether we're working in the climate we are now or whether it's five years ago, 
you're always going to have challenges in projects and you want to make sure that you build a team around you that you can work with and overcome these challenges together because that's business and that's life. And I think if one thing that I'm really passionate about is instilling that philosophy into every single student that I work with so that we can actually have a a better breed of developers coming out there and, and building better relationships, building better product, managing risk so that we're all together um, there for the long term rather than the short term. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, that's exactly what we're trying to do on the builder side too is, you know, um, we're we're trying to teach our students to move away from that tender situation Mm. um, and get clients to do more due diligence, you know. Um, Unfortunately, you know, a lot of clients tend to select the builder based on price and they say they don't. But the reality is when you're faced with, you know, three numbers for a project and, you know, say 500, 800, 900,000, well, you know, it's human nature. You want to go that 500,000 because you, you think you've just saved 400. Yeah. The reality is the builder who's giving you that 500 is probably the guy who's missed the most and has got the less experience. Yeah. Least amount Absolutely. of experience. So. Absolutely. And, and certainly one thing that I've always done and something that I, I impress upon all my students as well is when you're building your A-team, like if you invite any builder to quote for you, before they even get invited, you've got to have done all that research on them beforehand so that if it becomes a price decision once they've got the pricing in, that's okay because you've ticked every single box for them to even get to that that's price right. at that stage. So, you know, it's about all the quality quantitative factors so their financial viability which is critically important today how they run their business what's their communication skills like um you know what's their quality of their product like what's the time frame how how do they go through challenges how do they manage their relationships when things don't go quite you know or go to plan and and speaking to people they've worked with in the past to validate the things that you're hearing from the builder. And that's just basic due diligence, yeah, which is. we should be doing regardless of the economic climate right now anyway. It's just right. good business sense. Um, but I think, yeah, if you're looking just purely price, it can certainly come down to bite you, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know I, we have talked today about a lot of the, the challenges that are faced uh, yeah. in the building industry right now. And look, to be honest with you, the last thing I want to do is scare people away from actually going and doing building and doing development because it is a great industry. It's an amazing business. There is money to be made in there um, and there's great product to be created. It really is just making sure that people are aware of the challenges that are out there right now. So they're going into their projects with their eyes wide open, that they're going and doing their research, doing their due diligence, which really should be no different today as it was five, 10 years ago. But I think it's just impressing upon people that you know, don't go into projects and don't go into a relationship with your builder with your blinkers on. No. Um, with that old school way of thinking. We're, we're modern developers. We're not traditional developers. We go in there, we do our research. We want to build our team that we can work with together. It's win-win, it's collaborative. And yeah. if you go into it with that philosophy, then you're going to be able to navigate the, the any sort of challenges that get thrown your way because you've got that team around you and you're working together as a team and you'll get through that, through that as right. well. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of, couple of things on that I'd, I'd uh, sort of push when you're looking for that builder, that special builder. You, you need to look at, as you mentioned before, the, the communication. You know, there's so many different systems available to a builder these days to allow that um, effective communication to take place. So we use a, a 
program called Builder Trend. Mm -hmm. um, it effectively puts our clients in the builder in the driver's seat of their project, and communication is very, very transparent. Yeah, you know, it's very easy. Um, and the other thing is, yeah, when we work with our clients, they get a full bill of quantities and a full exclusion, uh, inclusions and exclusions list. So um, everything is very transparent and it has to be transparent so that when you do have issues with um, either availability or prices, price increases, um, the clients don't feel like they are being taken advantage of. They've got all the information there. They can see for themselves that you know it, it's not getting put on by the builders and you mentioned before yeah you know, don't don't be scared that there, there are so many great builders in australia i mean Absolutely. the horror stories you hear is all you tend to hear but that's just a fraction of the industry most of the builders that i've met in fact all the builders i've, I've met to date generally are great blokes great women Mm. want to produce a really really good quality product for you and and they want to work in with you mm. couldn't agree more and and i think that's why i think it's really important to make sure you just you share what the challenges are but you're right there uh, i've worked with some amazing builders like yourself where we have a collaborative relationship we work through challenges together and it is a long-term relationship as well and it's not to say we don't have our challenges absolutely it's not a perfect we don't live in a perfect world a construction is never a perfect process but we have a good enough relationship to be able to work through challenges and we've got that communication which is so, so important in every aspect of business, really, not just property. Being able to go, okay, I trust you because we have that communication. You come to me with a problem. I know that you've thought about the solution to that and we can workshop it together. And I know that you're not taking advantage of me. We're going to work through this challenge together and pop out the other side and, and be able to keep moving forward. That's it. No, exactly right. That's exactly it. So I'd love to know some, and I guess we've already covered some of these, what sort of words of advice can you share with developers navigating the current climate? Look, um, due diligence is the big one. You know, speak to your builder. Even while you're still searching for your blocks and things like that, take the time now to really start interviewing builders. Um, and remember, you know, your, your friend's builder you know, was a perfect builder for your friend, Could might not be the perfect builder for you because we all communicate differently. Um, so you've got to find the perfect builder for you and, and the way you like to do business. Um, make sure they're transparent and, you know, just, just have a look at their communication style. Yeah, that, that's a big one. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that's so, so true. And I love those tips. So um, I know you're about to do a, a, a seminar as well about how can people keep their project on budget in this current climate? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, Look, essentially it comes down to a couple of things. Um, number one, redesigning, we're redesigning a lot of our projects to utilise materials that aren't impacted or imported um, you know, from, from overseas. So, for example, we're just uh, four days off uh, another 50% price rise on LVLs and, and EWPs, which is an engineered wood product. So... A lot of our building materials come out of Russia mm -hmm. and the government's just put a 40% tariff on anything that lands on our shores from 1st of May. And regardless of whether we've already bought the product, which we have, 
Um, if it's still on the boat on the way over, it's, it's instantly slammed with another another 40%, 50% by the time it gets to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are actually redesigning a lot of our projects to utilise materials manufactured here in Australia. So we're moving back into a lot more concrete and block work, bricks and things like that, um, and moving away from imports. The other thing it, I'm, I'm letting my clients know is um, increase the contingency. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, if you're going in really fine and you've got a 2% contingency, I'd rework your figures, you know, like right now, yeah, most of our projects, we, we're going up to about a 10% contingency on all projects. Mm-hmm. Um, rather have it sitting there and, and available yeah, and then put it back into the project at the end if, if you don't use it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, having, having a large contingency will really save your bacon. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I certainly know, um, and, and and just by the things, the workarounds you've talked about, that that's the reason why you're going to be around for the longer term because you've seen challenges in the market and you've worked around solutions to be able to navigate those. And, and that should be, you know, whether it's today's challenges or tomorrow's or the future, that's the difference between builders that are going to be around for the longer term from what you're doing and the ones that are still working like they did 10 years ago uh, and, and don't understand their cash flow and don't understand how to tweak their business to be able to deal with the current climate. Um, and I know my, my builders is exactly the same. They Every single challenge that comes their way, and it's not just now, in the past as well, they're going, okay, so how can we navigate the difference between timber and wood? And, yes, some of it has a cost impact, so we design for both timber and wood. So timber, a timber and steel, shall I say? Yep. We design for both. And then depending on what the supplies are, we'll veer that. So yes, we incur more costs from a design perspective, but we've mitigated risk down the end. So yep. and they're one of the many workarounds that we've done as a as a, a partnership as well yep. to make sure that our projects keep moving forward. So that's where it just highlights that relationship is so, so important. Understanding your builders or your designers, understanding their business as well. Um, and also sharing as a developer, sharing your business as well. So that you both, when you understand each other, how, where each other are coming from, you can then create solutions that are going to help be beneficial for both of you. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Absolutely. That sounds great. Well, I think we've covered so many amazing things today. So thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else that you want to share uh, with the community? Not, not really. Just look, if, if you are in the middle of a project and, and you are struggling with your builder, uh, my, my big suggestion would be you know, sit down with a cup of coffee with them, try to figure out what is going on, where they're at, mm-hmm. and, and help them you know, understand where you're at. Um, right now, yeah, I, I know builders and tradies, uh, at absolute breaking point at the moment. It's not just builders. It's yeah. I've, I've spoken to plumbers, electricians, carpenters, plasterers. They are cooked. They're at breaking point. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people just leaving the industry now, mm-hmm. uh, just to due to mental health issues. Yeah, they, they just can't cope anymore. Mm-hmm. So my suggestion would be: look, everyone's doing it really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to your builder. Talk to you guys, and and yeah, work a solution. Oh, that's amazing advice. And let's just change the gear a bit. So your vision for the next five years. So um, are you wanting to do a bit of balance between property development and building or what's uh, what are your Look, I, I, I do. My, my passion um, you know, is we, we, we're getting back into development, but it's, it's more looking at um, sort of that, that bit of aged care. So that there's a lot of older women at the moment who 
haven't got a partner anymore um, and are struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mum's my one, my mother-in-law, uh, two of my clients, their parents or their mums. Um, so, so that's sort of where we're heading. You know, we're, we're looking at, um, you know, small developments, just single single units, you know, multiple single units on, on one block of land for um, for the older older ladies. So, yeah, that's amazing. And my mum's one of those too. So, it's, and that's what I love about property development. It's it can be tweaked to so many different things, and yeah. and the, property development can get a bad rap sometimes when they people think of it from the big scale of things. But so many people inside this community are doing amazing things doing small-scale property development, whether it's creating affordable homes or creating homes for um, disability or disadvantaged or retirement homes. There are so many ways to be able to use the same process that I teach for whatever purpose is um, important or whatever cause is important to you as well. So um, I wish you all the very best with that. I look forward to seeing your progress on that. Once we get a bit more stability in this building market, um, I look forward to watching that unfold and uh, helping along the way as well. Thank you, Amanda. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. And I hope everyone enjoys uh, listening to this uh, podcast. I hope they get something out of it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Adrian. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. This is Building Lifestyles, a show designed to help everyday Australians create a lifestyle that inspires them using property development strategies. This podcast was produced by The Rising Star Developer. We've been helping Australians realise their financial and lifestyle goals since 2020. And we play a pivotal role in educating, supporting and celebrating the goals and successes of our students. To find out how we can help you realise your property, wealth and lifestyle goals, head to our website www.risingstardeveloper.com.au. To make sure you don't miss an episode of Building Lifestyles, be sure to subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review as it really helps others find the show. I'm Amanda McEwen and we'll be back next episode with more tips to help you build your lifestyle.